Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be talking about the fatherhood of God and how that we can know our Heavenly Father. So let's pray and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father, we bless you in Jesus' name. We thank you for the revelation of who you are through your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, Make the Word of God come alive in our hearts as we open our and open our eyes to see it and our ears to hear and our heart to understand it, Father. And we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right. Starting off in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, there's two passages of Scripture uh, we want to look at very briefly. Notice what Paul, in writing to the Roman church, says. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Notice the identification that we have with Christ in his death. When Christ died, according to the operation of God, the Father, that means we died. There's an identification with him uh, through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And then verse four says, therefore, we are buried with him. Notice identified with Christ in his death and also identified with him in his burial through baptism. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up once again, raised up from the dead. By the glory of the Father, that's really what we want to talk about in this session. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. So here we have in these two verses uh, the perfect identification of every believer in the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and in the resurrection of Christ. And that's what water baptism speaks to us as a public confession that we are now followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, those who are baptized in water, but there is no death to sin in their life or no death to self in their life. Water baptism then means nothing. This is something that we do out of our heart. Amen. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and with our mouth confession, we confess through water baptism His uh, Lordship. But going back to verse 4, notice again, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, into the death of Christ, into our death, amen, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of of the Father, by the glory. The Father sent Jesus, amen, for two very special reasons. One, that he would become the sacrifice for our sin, something that we could not pay, but something that the Father accepted because uh, there was no sin in Jesus. He was the perfect lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And of course, we as believers, we know this. But it was the glory of the Father that raised up Jesus. The, the Father saw the sacrifice, amen, accepted that, and vindicated this righteous act by raising Jesus from the dead. So uh, you and I, through faith in Christ and through the same operation of God, 
identified with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, the Father then also vindicates us and justifies us, amen, and includes us. Now we're talking, you know, inclusion, that's a, that's a big word today, amen. Well, the Father has a, uh, a pattern of inclusion, and it's through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we, uh, through faith in him and through faith in the operation of God, we become born again, uh, God raises Jesus up, raised Jesus up, but he raises us up uh, by his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So every born again child of God has been touched by the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. So we want to talk about how we come to know the Father. And that seems like a very simplistic, uh, generic term, but... Uh, but really, when we begin to contemplate knowing the Father, there are things that rise up uh, into our mind and into our thinking that uh, uh, this becomes a profound experience coming to know the Father. Hallelujah. Now, let me go ahead and say now, before we get into some scriptures, there's there's uh, several ways that we that God has provided uh ways that that we can know the father amen now we can't know we cannot know the father uh like we know other people we can't come to know the father by physical means even by solical means because god is a spirit uh, god is so far beyond us that we cannot comprehend him when the scripture says the heavens cannot contain him, we're talking about such an awesomeness of a being. A being that's so far above us that his mere presence, if he were to reveal his awesomeness and his magnificence, his majesty to us, uh, we would literally melt in his sight. I mean, our brain would explode. That's how far above he is from us. I mean, when the scripture says he dwells in unapproachable light, what does that mean? That means he dwells in unapproachable light. So that means that if you and I were ever to come in contact with God uh, as he is, uh, we couldn't endure. We wouldn't make it. We'd burn up. And that's something to contemplate. We can't communicate with him because his language is so far above ours, we wouldn't be able to. But God loves us. We know this from the scriptures. And those of us who are born again, we know that by the spirit that God loves us. Our heavenly father, God, the father loves us. And he did provide a means whereby we can come to know him. And that's one of the reasons why. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was planted in the womb of Mary and he was born and God protected him. And the Lord Jesus Christ grew to manhood and he became the infinite God man. And he went to the cross and he perished. Amen. He became sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus died. The, the man Jesus died on the cross. 
He was buried and he raised again. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it's through Jesus Christ that we can come to know the Father. The reason being, Jesus is the exact copy of the Father. He's the express image of the Father. Jesus said himself, and we're going to read these passages of Scripture. He told Philip, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When we study the union and the relationship that Jesus Christ has with the Father, what we become, what we understand, come to understand, try to understand, try to comprehend, because much of what we're talking about when we're talking about the Godhead is incomprehensible. Much of it we have to accept by faith because God is so far above us. Jesus condescended to men of low degree. That's you and me. He took the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. And one of the purposes he did that is that we might come to know the Father. Everything that Jesus said and did came from the Father. Now, you and I, we have never had an original thought in our life. Never. I've never had an original thought in my life. Every thought that I've had has been a product of something that I've heard, something that I was taught, something that came to me other than of myself. And when you think about it, Jesus in his earthly ministry never had an original thought. Everything he said, everything he did came from the Father. The Father God is the only original. <laughs> Amen. Everything originated with him. Jesus stands as the equal to the Father. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Pros theos. That leaves the idea that he was standing shoulder to shoulder, face to face, on equal terms, on equal ground with the Heavenly Father. And this gives us an idea that these two, God the Father and God the Son, are so united in their person, they're actually one. And isn't that what Jesus prayed for his disciples and for us in John chapter 17, that we would become one as, as Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in him, that we all might become one? There is a union in Christ by the Father that we don't spend enough time meditating on. There is a union there that oftentimes is beyond our mind to understand, but yet we can experience. We can experience union with Christ. Now, if we're born again, we have. But we need to plumb the depth of it. I mean, the depth of it. We need to plumb the depth of it to begin to understand. Paul didn't fully understand it. But he said this, one thing I know, one thing I have come, one thing I am to apprehend, that I may know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. 
and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformable unto his death. Those words are foreign to us. We do not understand them. But as we plumb the depth of our union with Christ Jesus, we come to know what Paul meant. Now, we don't fully grasp those words, but there are those that have. This is the will of the Father, that we would come to know him. And the only way that we can know him is through Jesus Christ and through the spirit whom the Father has sent. Isn't it interesting how Jesus called the Holy Spirit another comforter, a comforter of the same kind that I am? And how in the 33 years, the last three and a half years of the, the life of Jesus, when his ministry began and ended, amen, he comforted his disciples and all of his followers. He comforted them the way the Father would have him comfort them. And when Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, what is he talking about? Do we understand the depth of what Jesus said? I don't think we do. But Jesus was the perfect comforter. And as he was getting ready to leave this world, he said, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will be everything that I was to you. And that's what the Holy Spirit has been to the believer for the last 2,000 so years. He's been that other comforter. He's been that counselor. He's been that helper. He's been that intercessor. He's been that advocate. He's been that strengthener. He's been that standby. He's, he's standby. He's been the, the comforter, the same type of comforter that Jesus was to you and to me through the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is in reality. He brings the words of Jesus and he makes them known to us. He communicates with us. He communes with us. He watches over us. He protects us. He knows our going out and our coming in. He knows everything about us. But he is the expression of the love of the Father. The Father loves us. Hallelujah. And we need to be reconciled to that love. We need to understand that. We, that needs to be reckoned in our heart and in our mind, and especially when we're going through tests and trials of life and hard places in this life, which partly serve to show us that this is not our home. We have a home in heaven. But down here, there are things that we have to endure. And Paul said it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Doesn't mean that they're going to fall on us like ripe cherries off a tree. We're going to have to pursue some things in faith. And I'm telling you right now, a, a fellowship, a deep inward fellowship and communion with the Father is something that we must pursue by faith. If we really want to understand the heart of God then this is something that we have to pursue. And we can know the Father. We can come to know the Father through the Word of God. There are scriptures throughout the entire Bible 
that speak to us of the character and of the nature of our Heavenly Father. The words of Jesus in the Gospels speak to us of this special relationship between the Father and between the Son. That once we come to understand this unique relationship between the two, it will blow us away. And to think that we, through God's power and through his love and compassion for us, has enabled us to be a part of this union. This melts my heart. It should melt all of our hearts. Because this is special. This is not something that's just ordinary. This is out of the ordinary. The fact that you are a born again child of God means that you are something special in creation. Now, we know that man was a special creation at the very beginning. God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life in him and man became a living soul. He put Adam to sea, and out of his rid he made woman. Special creations. Sin fouled it all up. But the fact that Adam and Eve sinned and that nature of sin was cast upon all the human race that did not do anything to lessen the love of God that he had for man. God's love doesn't change. That's why it never fails. God's heart speaks to us and says, I want to know you. You cannot approach me, but yet you can come to know me through my son. The only that's what the word only begotten son for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ is the only being that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, planted into the womb of a virgin and gave birth to. You and I were all born by natural means. That's why the Bible calls us adopted. <laughs> Praise God. What a wonderful, what a wonderful word. Adopted into the family of God. With all the rights and the privileges of the firstborn son. Praise God. Hallelujah. To God forever and ever. Hallelujah. So, yes, one of our prime objectives in life is to come to know the Father. Now, we know Jesus through the new birth. We know Jesus through the word. If we read and study the word of God, which has become a lost art in the church today. Amen. I'm telling you, if you think reading the word is boring, read the word of God through faith. And I'm telling you right now, the word of God will come alive. The word of God will speak to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we know the father because we're looking at Jesus. He is the express image of the father. So whatever Jesus said is coming from the father. Whatever Jesus did comes from the father. Jesus said that I just do those things I see my father doing. I always do those things that please the father. The perfect son. Has your son always done everything? <laughs> Amen. 
that you wanted him to? No, absolutely not. No, you love your son, sons, even though they're not perfect. Well, how much more does the Father in heaven love us even though we're not perfect? So we know Jesus. How do we come to know Jesus? We know him through the new birth. When the entire Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit come into our heart and they make their dwelling place. They abide there. They abide. They don't leave. They abide. Their throne then becomes our heart. We lose self. Amen. And through sanctification, we're continually in the process of losing self. And in losing self, we find someone else. His name is the Father. And we can trust him because the scripture declares that his ways are perfect. But it also says that his ways are past finding out. There's there's aspects of the father that we'll never know in this life. But we can suffice in knowing the father's love. We see through Jesus. We see through the prism of Jesus. The multifaceted nature and character of our God, the father. And through Jesus. We come to understand that our Father's perfect. He is faithful. He is the faithful God. He does no wrong. He is just and upright. You see, He is the perfect Father. How many of you who have Father, your Father was perfect? Absolutely not. My Father was an extremely good man, but my Father was not perfect. No earthly father is. You may call your dad perfect. But if you really think about it, he wasn't. But our heavenly father is. He's perfect. There's nobody that can accuse him. And there's no one that can stand against him. And because he's the perfect father. And because he's the God of love. God is love. That means that he is approachable. And through Jesus Christ, the mediator, we can approach the heavenly father. And he delights in that. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us because we got saved. No. He loves us because he loves us. He doesn't have to have a reason. God is love. And in his infinite grace and in his infinite compassion and in his infinite mercy. It became a fact in his mind to love. That's his nature. He didn't have to think about it. Didn't even have to come into his mind. Because he is. He is love. And so he sent Jesus. And one of the purposes why he sent Jesus was to become that sacrifice for our sin, but also so that we could come to know him through his son. And that's why when the Holy Spirit came into our heart, 
our relationship with the Father became something personal, something intimate. Like what Paul said, we cry out, Abba, Father. We cry out, Daddy, Father, Daddy, Papa. That's intimacy. That's having a relationship with someone. When you call your father dad, what does that mean? That means that you have an intimate relationship with your father. Now, there may be things about your father that you're not particularly thrilled with. There may be events and instances in the past that you're not particularly uh, uh, glad about or happy about. Uh, maybe your father wasn't the kind of father that you desire to be. But let me tell you something. He's just a man. And he has weaknesses and faults and failures just like you do. But there is one who is perfect and you can always look to him. And that's our heavenly father. And he wants us to know him. Amen. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in the first epistle of John is, Behold, what manner of love, what foreign kind of love. Notice this. The Father has bestowed upon us. That word bestowed, it means bequeathed. It means granted. What foreign kind of love the Father has bequeathed and granted upon us that we should be called the children of God. Do we contemplate that? Do we understand that? The special place that the Father has put us in relation to His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, He counts us as sons and daughters, not as servants, but as sons and daughters. An adoption whereby we can cry out to him just like the only begotten cried out to him. We can cry out to him and say, Abba, you're my Abba. You're my heavenly father. And then Jesus said these words, whoever loves me. Now I want you to think about the union between the son and between the father. Whoever loves me will be loved by my father. Because you love Jesus, you also have the love of the Father. The Father loves you. And what he has done for his son, he will do for you. The love that he has for his son is the love that he has for you. Whoever loves me will be loved of my Father. And we... We, Father and Son, we will come to Him and we will perpetually abide with and in Him and we will make our home with and in Him. So are you a born-again child of God? Well, if you are, in whatever level of spiritual maturity, you may, be, you may have become a born-again believer yesterday maybe a week or a month ago, maybe a year or two years ago, or you might be, you might have been a believer now for 50 plus years. Whatever time 
it was that you received Christ and became born again. I want you to know that you then became an actual member of the family of God. And the Heavenly Father looks upon you as a son and as a daughter. And what the Father was willing to do for the Lord Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, He'll do the same for you, His adopted son or daughter. Only God can do that. And He sets no conditions upon His love. If you want to receive more of the love of God, amen, then you yield yourself and surrender to more of the love of the Father. Because the more you love of the Father, the more He's going to man Himself to you. Oh, that's a powerful truth. And in ending, Jesus said this, In that day after my resurrection, you will ask of me things in my name, but... I will not ask the Father for them on your behalf because the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. And he will give to you whatever it is you need. Because you yielded to the gospel and because you chose to follow Jesus and you fell in love with him, the Father now loves you. He loved you all the time, but now it's become real. Amen. Hallelujah. So be secure in the Father's love and do whatever diligence you need to do to come to know the Father in a more intimate way. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name and we give you thanks. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.